Good morning, Christ Point. It is good to see you this morning. I hope you are well. Welcome to those who are watching at home, online. It's so good to have you join us. I want to remind you that you are just as much a part of our church body as anyone who is here presently. So thank you so much for joining us. I want to invite our children. If they have not left already, they can head back with Wes and Jody. They're actually, for the next four weeks, going to be covering the same thing that we're covering Sunday morning. And I told Jody this week, it seems like sometimes they have more fun than us. And so if you want to go with Wes and Jody, be my guest. You will be missed. A couple of tools that uh, I want to give you this morning before we jump into the message. These tools uh, will, will probably not change your life, but they will help you uh, as you figure out ways to be a part of our church body. And so I'm going to invite you uh, to pull out your phones. That's right, pull out your phones. Don't be shy. Uh, if you go to the app store and whatever device you are using and look for an app called Church Center, Church Center, you will notice the uh, picture. That's my phone. Church Center is circled. It looks a little bit like that. It's really cool. If you click on it and you're already a part of our church body, if we have your contact information, it'll take you to a home screen. On the bottom right of that screen is a link called events. You can click on events and you can find out all of the things that are taking place here at Christ Point. Uh, typically, we'll send out a weekly email. We may share a few announcements on a Sunday morning, uh, but you can also look at this app to find out uh, the latest and greatest happenings here at Christ Point. So I was doing that this week, and I noticed, hey, there's something for our students and for our men uh, this coming Saturday. We're calling it uh, the Christ Point Hunger Games which is a terrible, terrible name if you've seen the movie. It does not end well for most people, uh, but our dudes, middle school uh, dudes, high school dudes, and our older dudes are going to get together over at the Foster's house, and we're going to shoot each other with paintballs and slingshots, which sounds incredibly fun. And so you would be able to find that on the Church Center app. Uh, if you're a lady here and you're thinking to yourself, that sounds miserable. I just want to gather together with some ladies and sit around a fire and talk about life. Well, we have something for you as well. Uh, believe it or not, there is a campfire at Pam Meyer's house uh, later this month. You'll be able to see the date, the time, and the location, all of the information on that Church Center app. You can give using that app. You can uh, see current events. It's actually a great tool uh, for you to use. I also want to remind you, and I've mentioned this before, but if you are a fan of version, how many people have version? Oh, I like to see those hands. You can go on version if you haven't signed up already. And if you click on version on their homepage, you will notice on the bottom right-hand corner there is uh, three little bars. See the arrow pointing to those three little bars? I actually drew that arrow myself. I'm very proud of it. If you click on that thing that says more, it will give you a list. And on that list under events, see how I circled events? I also did that all by myself. If you click on events, uh, you will notice that there are churches in our area that are meeting right now. Uh, we, of course, are Christ Point Church. I'm not sure why Harvest Community Church is number one on the list and we're number two. I'm going to talk to their pastor this week and ask him to stand down because uh, I think we should be number one. Just joking, just joking. 
Those are number of churches in the area that are meeting. If you click on Christ Point and want to follow along on Sunday morning, uh, you'll be able to see the passage, uh, the, the main uh, points from the message. You can read that and follow along. I know uh, when I was in church and I was in your shoes, particularly when I was in middle school and high school, uh, I would always follow along with the notes because it would give me some indication of when we were going to finish. And so if you're like, hey, I never grew out of that, uh, you can go on that app, you can follow along, you can read the passage. So I want to encourage you to take advantage of that uh, as you follow along. Last week, uh, the elders shared four objectives for 2021. We said these are the four things that we want to be our focus this year. Those uh, four things were land, we're praying about land, uh, a permanent location for us. We're asking and trusting the Lord to provide and uh, guide our steps as we pursue that as a church. Uh, we talked about continuing to develop and empower our leaders and our volunteers. Uh, we said that we as a people want to pursue authentic community. We want to be known and we want to know one another. And lastly, uh, we said we want to grow in our dependence upon prayer. We want to grow in our dependence upon uh, prayer. And so this morning I want us uh, to press into that fourth one, that dependence upon prayer, by beginning a four-week series uh, titled, Our Father Who Art in Heaven. Our Father who art in heaven. Uh, one of the things that you probably should know as we walk through this four-week series on prayer, and this is a disclaimer, uh, we won't cover everything there is to cover about prayer. Uh, the Bible contains roughly 650 prayers. 650 prayers. And over the next four weeks, we are going to look at a grand total of one of them. So there is a whole lot about prayer in God's Word. We're not going to cover it all, uh, but we are going to look together at maybe one of the more well-known prayers uh, in the Bible that we call uh, the Lord's Prayer. Did, did you uh, know that Jesus actually taught us and His disciples how to pray? He taught us how to pray. Can I ask you a question? Who taught you how to pray? Who taught you how to pray? Did, did, did anyone? Did anyone sit down with you and go, hey, this is how it works. This is how it works. I remember when I was a freshman in college, I still was home living with my parents, and I would go to, believe it or not, a Wednesday night prayer meeting at the local church, and I would sit there and I would listen to people who were 30, 40, 50 years older than me. I would listen to them pray. Because uh, I thought to myself, if anyone knows anything about prayer, it would be these saints who have walked with the Lord uh, for two, three times longer than I have. And so I would listen to what they would say, I would hear the phrases that they would use, and I began to adopt their language. They say many lessons in life are caught and not taught. And so I began to catch uh, different ways that people uh, would pray. But the more I thought about it, the more I wondered, is, is that uh, how we're supposed to learn? Is, is that how we're supposed to learn how uh, to uh, pray? Do you know that God's Word actually uh, teaches us uh, how to pray? And it's important to know how to pray because apparently not everyone 
uh, knows how to pray, right? I mean, how many times have you heard a prayer from a public figure or from someone in life, maybe a prayer in a movie, and thought to yourself, I, I don't think that's how it's supposed to go. Uh, how many people have seen the scene from Meet the Parents uh, when they're sitting at the dinner table and Greg, played by Ben Stiller, um, is asked to pray by his future father-in-law? Maybe you've seen that uh, scene before and laughed or tried not to laugh because you're not sure if you're allowed to laugh, but it's awkward as, as Ben Stiller bows his head, as Greg bows his head and begins to pray, and his prayer is um, flowery, and he goes on and on, and he uh, ends his prayer uh, by uh, quoting the lyrics from Day by Day from Godspell. And you hear that, and you think to yourself, um, is, is that how it's supposed to work? Is that how we are supposed to pray this week? A congressman from Missouri, the show me state, uh, showed people, a uh, listening audience, um, how to pray by ending his prayer by saying, we ask in the name of the monotheistic God, Brahma, the God known by many names, by many different faiths, a man and a woman. Now you hear that and you go, wait a second. That's not how we're supposed to pray, is it? It doesn't work like that, does it? Well, thankfully, Jesus uh, taught his disciples and he taught uh, you and me how to pray. And so if you have your Bibles, uh, turn with me to Matthew chapter 6. Uh, Matthew chapter 6. This is in the middle of what is called the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, and it is perhaps the most famous prayer uh, in all of Scripture. It's recorded in Matthew chapter 6, beginning in verse 5, and I want to read it to you this morning as we think together about how we should pray. It says in verse 5, And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room. Close the door and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Verse 9, This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sin, your Father will not forgive your sins." Uh, first thing that I want us to notice is that uh, Jesus expected His followers, His disciples, uh, to pray. He expected them to, prayer, to pray. Prayer is the expectation uh, in the Christian life. This may uh, surprise uh, some of us, but God has called us uh, to have regular conversations with the God who made us. He has called us to pray. Maybe you say, hey, I'm not the praying type. Uh, maybe you say, I'm not much of a prayer, 
uh, but God expects his followers uh, to pray. It's interesting, uh, George Barna did some research recently about the spiritual discipline of prayer and found um, that large majorities of Christians actually uh, still pray. It's a, a regular part of their uh, weekly, at least, lives. Uh, 69% or 7 out of 10, roughly, uh, people uh, today would say that they pray at least on a weekly basis, 7 out of 10. And that percentage is down over the last 10 years. Uh, 10 years ago, that number uh, was roughly around 83%, if I I remember correctly. But still, 7 out of 10 uh, people would admit to praying at least once a week. And so it got me to thinking, if 7 out of 10 uh, people pray once a week, why, um, why don't we pray, uh, why don't we pray more? Why don't we pray more? Uh, if we have access to God, and we do, um, wouldn't it make sense that we would uh, take advantage of the access that we have been given? I mean, there are plenty of stories in the Bible of people that uh, spent uh, much time in prayer. I, I think of Daniel who prayed three times a day. I think of the psalmist uh, who, Scripture says, uh, gave thanks or praised God seven times a day. I think about the example of Anna in uh, the Gospel of Luke who is said to have worshipped with fasting and prayer night and day. I think of the example of Jesus Himself who uh, communed with His Father often, uh, sometimes spending nights uh, in prayer. Prayer should mark our lives, and if it doesn't, we probably um, should ask why. Uh, full disclosure, um, I have oftentimes wondered while, why prayer isn't more a part of my own life. Uh, why is my life, why are my days not marked by prayer more often? Why am I not more frequently fervent and pass, uh, passionate in prayer? You ever struggle with prayer before? Would, would someone who knows you say he or, or she is a man or woman of prayer? I don't know if we always are. And, and I started wondering why. I, I don't know if I can quite put my finger on it, but I thought maybe one of the reasons why is because we are uh, a dependent people, or we're an independent people. Like we, we are raised and brought up to believe uh, that we've got this, uh, that we can figure it out. We are a, a sharp and intelligent bunch. We have access to the Internet. We can ask Siri. If we have a problem, we can fix it. You know, we can put our heads together. You know, we're taught in life in many ways to depend upon ourselves. And so maybe one of the reasons that we're not dependent upon prayer is because, quite honestly, uh, we're independent. Uh, maybe another reason why we're not more dependent upon a prayer is because we question whether or not it works. Have you ever prayed for something before and you haven't received it? Did you ever ask God for something before? Have you ever um, gone before Him and pleaded and begged for Him to move and act in a particular way and He didn't? 
I remember as a little kid when my grandfather was diagnosed with cancer, I remember praying that uh, God would heal him. It became a regular part of my prayer routine at night. I I prayed that God would heal Grandpa from his cancer. And and to be honest with you, I uh, had an underdeveloped theology, but I had a robust faith that God would actually answer my prayers and heal my Grandpa. I remember one particular conversation with my, with my father who, who told me it didn't look good. In other words, this probably wasn't going to end the way that we wanted it to end. And I replied by telling my dad, well, I mean, God can heal him though, right? I mean, the statistics don't matter, do they? Like God is able and capable of doing what we're asking him to do. And in that particular case, God did not answer uh, my prayer the way that I wanted Him to. Well, you start living a little life and you start uh, stringing some of those experiences together. And if you're not careful, you take a step back and you go, wait a second. Does, does, Does prayer really matter? Does God really answer prayers? Maybe we aren't more fervent in our prayers because uh, we don't believe that God actually answers our prayers. Or maybe we don't pray uh, more than we do because we don't know how to pray or we don't know what to pray for. We're limited. We're not all-knowing. And so we come before the Lord and, and we say, hey, the way that I see it, I would like you to do this. But we don't always know what God is up to. Maybe we don't pray more often because we don't know how to pray. I mean, no one came alongside of us and said, hey, this is kind of how it looks. This is how we should do this or can do this. I I remember when I sat down with my daughter uh, one night, many years ago, I go into her bedroom at night and we pray together before uh, we go to bed. And typically I'll pray, but on one particular occasion, I looked at her and I said, "Uh, sweetie, why don't you pray tonight? And I folded my hands and closed my eyes and I bowed my head and and there was radio silence. (laughs) And I opened one eye and looked up and I said, "Uh, go ahead. And she said, Dad, I, I don't know how. I don't know what to pray for. And she was just a little girl. But I wonder how many of us feel the same way. Like, how does this work? What should I pray for? A prayer is expected in the Christian life, but it's not always present in the Christian life. There are a number of reasons uh, why, but Jesus is teaching his followers how to pray, but uh, the way that he teaches them how to pray is by first teaching them how not to pray. Look at Matthew uh, chapter 6, beginning in verse 5. It says, And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on street corners to be seen by others. Truly I tell you, they have received uh, their reward in full. They've received their reward in full. Don't be like them. Don't pray like them. How did they pray? Well, they prayed to perform. They prayed to 
perform. Maybe it's, it's hard for us to hear this, but there's a way not to pray. It's not as if God is in the heavens with His red pen waiting to correct us as we pray. He doesn't say that's a run-on sentence. You have a dangling participle there. Oh, shame on you. Hurry up. Come on. Get to the point. God doesn't do that. Uh, but Scripture tells us there's a way not to pray. And the example to not follow is the example of the hypocrites. Uh, the hypocrites uh, were, were those who put on a mask. It was a religious leader who put on a front for uh, the world to see. That word that's used for hypocrite originally referred to actors who used large masks to portray the role they were playing. Have you ever done theater before? You ever, you ever do a play in, in high school or elementary school or middle school or maybe as an adult? Have you had an opportunity to uh, be someone you were not? Uh, in high school, I got to be in a couple plays. I was a detective in one of the plays. I was a detective. Only uh, in real life, I was not a detective. But I got to play one. Uh, I also got to play the owner of uh, the New York Yankees in a musical that I'm not allowed to say because we're in church, but I was the owner of the New York Yankees. And the reason that I was the owner of the New York Yankees was because it was the only non-singing part in the musical. And so that was a sweet spot uh, for me. I got to pretend to be the owner of the Yankees only in real life I was not the owner of the Yankees. Well, in the same way, uh, Jesus warns the audience, don't pretend to be someone you're not when you pray. You don't have to put on a mask. You don't have to put on your Sunday best. You don't have to put on a front uh, and pretend you're playing the role of a spiritual person. He's saying don't be like the people who stand out in the street corner or speak up in the synagogue in order to stand out and be impressive uh, in the eyes of the people. Now, Jesus is not teaching us that there's never a time for public prayer. Uh, we, we gather together as a church and pray. Every Sunday morning at 9.45, there's a group of us who stand outside uh, in the middle of the gravel road and risk our lives, avoiding oncoming traffic, uh, and we pray together. We don't pray together out in the open to be seen or to show off. We pray because we're desperate. We pray because we want God to move and act. We pray because we believe that God hears us and He answers prayers. A scripture tells us there's a way to not pray. We, we should not pray to be seen by the world. He warned His followers in Matthew chapter 6, uh, verse 6. He says, Beware of practicing your righteousness uh, before other people in order to be seen by them. Uh, for then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. In other words, if you do spiritual things uh, to be seen by other people and you receive the applause from the watching world, uh, as my friend says, I hope you enjoy it because that's your reward. 
Right? And yet often there is this temptation for us as we follow Jesus um, to be noticed by uh, the world. Uh, there is a temptation for us um, to take our spiritual experiences that are oftentimes done in private and announce them to a watching world. Hello, um, social media. Right? This is the temptation. I remember John Hernandez, the founder of Children's Impact Network, uh, was speaking to a group of students. We were in Columbia, not Columbia, South Carolina, Columbia, two O's, on a missions trip. Uh, we were in a kind of a dangerous part of the country, and he met with a team before this pastor's conference and said to them, um, do not, under any circumstances, post any pictures of the kids or the pastors on social media. He said this, he said, I know we live in a world where if we don't post something, it didn't happen, um, but just pretend that it didn't happen. Right? There are, listen, there, there are times when it is wholly appropriate to use the means of social media um, to speak the truth of God's Word and to, to show the goodness of God and God's work and what He is doing. There's times when that's appropriate. Um, however, there also is this, this warning or this caution for us as followers of Jesus to make sure uh, we don't advertise a righteousness uh, for the world uh, to see. Uh, he says, when you pray, uh, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Uh, sometimes the most powerful thing that you can do in the Christian life is to do something that no one will ever know about. Sometimes the most powerful and impactful thing uh, you can do happens early on a Tuesday morning when the kids are still sleeping and you're waking up with God. Sometimes the most powerful thing that you can do is a Christian will happen under the cover of darkness late one night when everyone else in the house has fallen asleep and you fall to your knees. No one will write about it in the history books. It might not make a social media. Uh, maybe a watching world will never see what uh, takes place. But, but listen, uh, prayer is powerful. Prayer is powerful. One of the most impactful things that you can do as a follower of Jesus, quite honestly, one of the most powerful and impactful things uh, you can do as a part of this church family uh, is to pray and do it in such a way where nobody knows about it. God uh, hears you. He hears us. God expects us uh, to pray, but prayer is not a performance. Prayer is not a performance. Prayer is also not pontificating profusely. Uh, prayer is also not pontificating profusely. It says in verse 7, And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. When you pray, do not keep on babbling like the pagans. In other words, prayer is not something we do where we have to make it a certain length. 
Uh, prayer is not that 10-page paper that you did in high school and in college and you only had eight pages worth of material, but you felt like you needed to change the font size to boost it up to 10 pages so you wouldn't get marked down. You don't have to do that with prayer. Uh, you don't have to add words or add content in order for God to hear you. There was a group of people who prayed in such a way where they thought if they just kept talking, eventually God would answer their prayers. We don't have to do that. It doesn't mean that we're not persistent in prayer. It doesn't mean that we're not passionate in prayer. It doesn't mean that we're not consistently coming before the Lord, shaking the heavens, asking, begging, pleading with God to move and act. We should do that. That's wholly appropriate. But God does not answer our prayers based on the content of our words. Martin Luther, the great reformer, once said that prayers should be brief, frequent, and intense. Brief, frequent, and intense. I like that. I'm reminded of Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verses 1 through 2. It provides beautiful insight to prayer. It says, guard your steps when you go to the house of God. To draw near to listen is better than to offer the sacrifice of fools. For they do not know that what they are doing is evil. Be not rash with your mouth, nor let your heart be hasty to utter a word before God. For God is in heaven and you are on earth. Therefore, let your words be few. Our prayers... Uh, at times, uh, can be brief, frequent, and intense. I want you to know uh, God does not have you on the clock. If you go too long in your prayers, God is not in heaven with a stopwatch saying, Time! He doesn't do that. When I was in seminary in my uh, preaching class, our professor said, You have 15 minutes Uh, to preach. And when that 15 minutes is up, I am going to cut you off. right? Because we got to sell soap. When your time is up, your time is up. And so he would sit in the back in a room with a glass in it. They would give you a sign for 30 seconds. And if you were not done after 15 minutes, he would simply say, time! And you were done. God doesn't work that way. He doesn't have you on the clock. He doesn't cut you off. But sometimes there is wisdom in allowing our words to be brief and our words to be few. You see, here's the thing. God knows what you need before you ask Him. God knows what you need before you ask Him. You are never breaking news to God. You don't have to, to begin your prayers with God. I don't, I don't know if you know this, but I assure you, uh, He knows. Uh, he's not caught off guard by the things that come our way. He is not surprised by the things that we experience in life. So, so anything in your life 
uh, that you have experienced, that you are experiencing, or that you will experience in the days ahead, uh, God already knows that worry, that fear, that concern, that joy, that heartache, that trial, that temptation. Uh, God already knows. And you can bring it to Him. You can bring it uh, to Him. Uh, it, it blows my mind that we have access to the Lord. I told the prayer team this morning as we were praying outside, I had a, a friend earlier this week who called me up and said, uh, James, I, I need the name of uh, someone uh, to pray uh, for this event that's coming up at the end of January. And he said, I need someone famous. <laughs> Which probably is not a great question uh, to ask because we have access to uh, the Lord. God doesn't have us in different categories in terms of famous and non-famous folks. Uh, but it was a big event and he needed someone well-known to pray. And so I said to him, what about Tony Dungy? Tony Dungy, from everything I've heard, is a, is a godly man. Uh, he seems like he would be a great person uh, to kick off your event and to pray uh, for what is going to take place. And he said, James, that is a great idea. Do you have his number? <laughs> and I laughed and I said, no. No, I don't have his number. I don't have Tony Dungy's number. Tony Dungy is famous. right? I'm not friends with Famous people. Then I started thinking, how cool is it that you and me, as God's kids, his sons and daughters, have access to God? 24-7. You have his number. And so we can pray to him. We can bring our fears and our worries and our joys, our trials and our temptations uh, to the Lord. And he delights in hearing from his kids. And so this morning, I want us to do that. Uh, I want us uh, to pray. And I want uh, to be able to pray for you. And so I want to ask you to do something that we don't always do. Uh, I want to invite you to share your prayer request with me. If you're watching this online, you can participate. Uh, I've put cards on the table. I want to invite you, if there's something that you want uh, to pray for or pray about, it could be uh, a fear, a worry, a concern. It could be something that you're celebrating. Uh, It could be anything that the Lord brings to mind. Uh, Write your name on the card, if you would, and then write your prayer request. There's a basket on the back table. There's two baskets when you walk out those doors. As you're leaving today, place your prayer request in that basket, and I'm going to commit to praying for you. If you're like, James, I have terrible penmanship. I don't want to write on the card. That's fine. Uh, You can send an email uh, to prayer at christpoint.com And that goes to our elders, and we want to commit to praying for you. If you are here this morning and you say, James, I have bad penmanship and nobody uses email anymore, that's something that old people do over 40. I want to do something cooler than you can text your prayer request to the number on the screen, 704-644-9939, 704-644-9939. 
888-999-9939 on that text message. Just say your name and say what it is you want to pray for. But we're going to play part of a song for the next few minutes, and I'm going to ask you um, to send in or to write uh, those prayer requests. And as uh, your pastor, as a pastor here at Christ Point, I'm going to commit to praying for you. And so would you give me the joy and the privilege of doing that? Go ahead and write those out on a card, and I'm going to close our time in prayer. So take a few minutes doing that now, would you? Thank you.